Nation Magazine, this is Start Making Sense, political talk without the boring parts. I'm John Wiener. Later in the show, will Donald Trump pardon Ivanka and Jared and Don Jr. and Eric? What exactly are their crimes? It sounds like another episode of the Children's Hour, and so we will turn once again to Amy Willens. But first, Mike Davis. This week, the UK began vaccinating people against COVID-19, and we consider proposals here in the US to establish a coronavirus commission empowered to investigate the many failures in the fight against COVID-19. But is that something progressives should fight for? For comment, we turn to Mike Davis, historian and activist, contributing editor at The Nation, and, of course, author of many books, including City of Quartz, and most recently, Set the Night on Fire, L.A. in the 60s. I'm the co-author on that one. We reached him today at home in San Diego. Hi, Mike. Hi, John. Well, when Obama took office and progressives pushed for criminal prosecution of the mega bankers who were responsible for so much of the foreclosure crisis of 2008 and 2009, Obama declared that we should look forward, not backward. Remind us about how that worked in practice. Well, even before the uh, inauguration, Obama's transition team was working very closely with Paulson, the Secretary of Treasury, and they wanted continuity. They'd already decided that basically they would seek a Wall Street solution to Wall Street problems without punishment or any criminal investigation. But the mega bankers are, were arguably the biggest white collar criminals in American history. And Obama got punished two years later in the 2010 election with a massive Republican sweep in Congress. A lot of it motivated by the fact that uh, Obama seemed to be identified with with Wall Street, non Main Street, or the 10 million people who uh, ultimately lost their homes during the uh, aftermath of 2008. Likewise, uh, the administration never addressed the question of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan and the lies, deceptions, and then the war crimes committed by the Bush administration. So this became a model of how to make peace with the previous administration and do business as usual. Now, Trump, of course, reversed all that. He immediately went on the attack, demanding investigations of Hillary Clinton, Obama, uh, everybody else. And there's still, of course, a special prosecutor in the Justice Department recently appointed to continue these investigations even under Biden. The big question for us is whether Biden is going to follow Obama's example of looking forward, not backward. What signs have you seen about that? Well, there's half a dozen press reports, starting with NBC interviewed some of Biden's talk, top advisors. And uh, it's clear that Biden will avoid any confrontation with Trump about the issues raised in the impeachment or by other crimes and high misdemeanors during that that time. And this is in, in part because 
they know that the Republicans will retaliate and Republicans control the Senate. And I think the odds are still in their favor that they could stop any of the legislation that Biden wants to pass. This, however, is, is, is an abdication, I think, of the highest moral order, particularly when it comes to the pandemic. Now, back in April, a group of Democrats, uh, led by Adam Schiff in the House, passed parallel resolutions in the House and Senate to uh, appoint a 9-11 type commission coronavirus. Now, at that time, it could be argued that everything that had happened so far was a result simply of monumental bureaucratic ineptitude, including the, you know, the lies that had been put out, the deliberate cover-up in several uh, cases, including the uh, telling the American people masks didn't work in, in the beginning. But after that point, from the summer onwards, the situation changed in a radical way because the White House became the principal vector of the pandemic. That is, Trump unleashed the alt-right against state houses uh, across the country. You remember, liberate Wisconsin, liberate Michigan, and started a crusade against mass and social distancing. This is something of an entirely different character from bureaucratic ineptitude. This is like the captain of a ship who on a clear day deliberately rams the ship, the passenger ship, into the rocks for the sake of covering uh, his own tracks. Would he be charged with mere incompetence? No. He wouldn't be charged with a uh, uh, crime, attempted homicide, you know, at the at the very least. So this proposal that you've written about at thenation.com from Adam Schiff in the House, and I understand from Amy Klobuchar and Diane Feinstein in the Senate, it is to establish a national coronavirus commission. What exactly would this do and what would its charge be and what would its powers be? Well, in the original version of this, it would be an investigation, objectively, of the mistakes that were made, seeking to come up with a number of recommendations about how to fight the pandemic and other uh, disease outbreaks. But their version of it was uh, relatively toothless. In other words, it was intended to draw meaningful lessons not to finger point or not to punish, but it's absolutely essential that we finger point. If you agree that from the summer on, the White House engaged in a criminal activity against the American people, and there's also a need to finger point other instances. Right now, Mitch McConnell is holding out against any kind of relief bill unless it includes uh, absolutely sweeping five-year immunity from civil lawsuits and prosecution for hospitals and nursing homes. Nursing home industry preys off Medicaid and Medicare payments. And the Trump administration is very beginning after lobbying by the nursing home industry, uh, greatly reduced the fines that we would pay for uh, not having, for instance, any uh, antiviral, anti-infection training and sanitary conditions. 
This is an absolutely piratical industry. And 100,000 Americans have died so far in nursing homes and other long-term care facilities. These people should get immunity? Well, I did a little research. They've paid $15 million in fines so far, but they've gotten billions and billions of dollars of uh, relief uh, aid. $15 million across the whole industry is absolutely nothing. So such a commission has to not only investigate the White House and the administration, it has to look at things like the nursing home industry, insurance industry. And in some cases, it needs to look even at Democratic governors. Here in California, we have a governor who has been celebrated in the past for leading such a competent response to COVID-19. But in fact, his failures in terms of inspecting nursing homes, the outbreaks in the uh, California prison system, these should be the subject of investigation as well. And progressives, of course, should move in every way possible, try and push the progressives in Congress to pursue this. But if not, it should be taken out to to the communities. Some kind of independent citizens commission with distinguished medical people and so on that would go to beef packing plants in South Dakota, that would go to uh, small Georgia towns, that would, you know, go to urban uh, inner city communities where the ravages of, of the pandemic have been highest and ask the tough questions and above all, point the fingers. The last thing the world we should tolerate is a blanket amnesty that extends to the failures and crimes of the pandemic uh, response. And if Biden won't support that or his administration, then people should organize it themselves. And I'm sure there's a you know, massive base of support for such an investigation. And uh, in addition to the nursing homes, on a smaller scale, but even more hellish, has been the immigration detention centers, which are run by private prison companies. There's one here in, in Southern California, Adelanto, which I know something about because of the, the ACLU had to go to the courts and got the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals to order the reduction in inmates at Adelanto Private Immigration Detention Center from 1,600 to 340 was actually the acceptable number. Uh, This is one of dozens of private immigration prisons are all over the United States. And it really, I mean, it's a great thing we have the ACLU going to court for this, but Really, it's kind of a crime that it's happening at all. And, you know, one of the last things Obama did before he left office was he said he was going to shut down the private immigration detention system and replace it with government-run institutions. We hope Biden will do that. Well, we you know forget that there is so much on the agenda, left on the agenda by Obama for Hillary Clinton. Another instance of this, is that if you look at nursing homes, the absolutely key thing is having adequate staff. And so Obama left a regulation for OSHA to enforce on minimum staffing levels. 
but the Republican-dominated Senate rejected it. And uh, we still don't have a law. It's absolutely you know, essential. But that's why we need a comprehensive investigation with deep case studies of the instances like the private detention centers and nursing homes, the meatpacking industry. Also, what's happened in Native American communities across the, the country. I would just note that the that the proposals to establish a national coronavirus commission coming from Adam Schiff is not a member of the squad with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Amy Klobuchar and Dianne Feinstein are not comrades of Bernie Sanders. These are the centrists in the party who are who had proposed this in in the first place. I've been thinking about, well, what will the Trump people say about this? We actually know what Trump has said. At the final debate, Trump took a clear stand on the coronavirus response. Let me quote, I take full responsibility. It's not my fault. It's not my fault that it came here. It's China's fault. They kept it from going into the rest of China, but they didn't keep it from coming out into the world, including Europe and ourselves, close quote. So he's he believes in finger pointing. I, I've noticed now that if you go on the net, you get these ads. I mean, these are recent ads uh, out of the Trump camp detailing uh, how the, it's not China that's done this. It's a Chinese Communist Party. And they give you this detailed list of, uh, you know, of false facts and and uh, uh, conspiracies. And, of course, they would fight back fiercely against any independent and comprehensive investigation, which is why it may be the case that the original April legislation it's been left on the back burner. And really, the authors of it haven't talked much about it since then, because, you know, the Biden administration is terrified of, of what might ensue. But that should be no constraint on our conscience or on the responsibility that we all have to the American people and, and, and the victims of this unnatural uh, disaster. On the list of things that such a commission or other undertaking should examine, the news in today from Los Angeles in L.A. County, Latino residents are becoming infected with the virus at more than double the rate of white residents. Well, I mean, there's two reasons for this. Uh, first of all, because Latinos, as well as African-Americans in other parts of the country, dominate the essential, low-wage essential workforce, and so have the highest uh, rates of exposure. They tend to live in multi-generation households, but they also have pre-existing conditions, often related to their occupation. There's a new study that's just come out that shows that one common industrial pollutant has been associated with massively higher rates of serious COVID infections and hospitalizations. I mean, this is the scientific dimension of any inquiry. Uh, it's not just individual pre-existing conditions, it's social pre-existing conditions in communities of color and in you know poor blue collar neighborhoods and towns across uh, the city. 
but it's, it's scandalous what's going on in California. But Newsom has never had his feet put close to the fire. And that obviously uh, is something we need to do in California is to hold him uh, responsible. Mike Davis wrote about creating a coronavirus commission for thenation.com. Thank you, Mike. My pleasure, John. Will Donald Trump pardon Ivanka and Jared and Don Jr. and Eric? What exactly are their crimes? It sounds like another episode of the Children's Hour. And so, of course, we turn to Amy Willens. She's a longtime contributing editor at The Nation, former Jerusalem correspondent for The New Yorker. She writes now for The New York Times, The LA Times, and The Atlantic. And she's best known, of course, for her work on Haiti. She's a 2020 Guggenheim Fellow. Amy, welcome back. Thank you, John. Well, our national newspaper of record, the New York Times, recently had a headline, Trump has discussed pardons for his three eldest children. You have, over the past many months, described many of their offenses here. What's at the top of your list of their crimes? So these are my personal and idiosyncratic crimes committed by Trump babies, including Jared. I just don't want to leave him off the list. And he was mentioned in this these discussions with his advisors. It's not just the blood children, but the law children. First, on the very, very, very top of their offenses is just looking like that, the way they look. So many of the, the photographs of them, they're just too scary. Okay. Another is bringing the wrong evangelical Bible to the photo op in front of the White House after they dispersed all the uh, protesters. That was the one with the purse. The purse got in the news. Designer purse with the Bible in it because, of course, her father didn't happen to have one lying around the White House. (laughs) So she brought it from home in Calorama. Is that where she lives? And um, it was not the Bible for every evangelical. Let's put it that way. Uh, Here's another one. This might be just my own personal thing, not supporting the Palestinian cause at all. This is a big one. Here's another one for uh, Eric and Don Jr., killing endangered species. The, the whole Trump sort of extravaganza is about killing humans, but they also add endangered species to their list. And then for Ivanka taking large consulting payments from a company she works for that is called the Trump Organization. That's a big one. And I think that's on the one of the ones that's concerning uh, Papa Trump right now. Well, most of the news that we've read over the last few weeks has been about investigations in New York City by Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance and in New York State by the State Attorney General Letitia James. Both of them are investigating the Trump Organization for Income Tax Avoidance Schemes. But, of course, the president cannot pardon anyone for state crimes, only for federal crimes. What exactly are the Trump kids' potential violations of federal criminal law? Okay, so in the case of Don Jr., uh, Robert Mueller's probe, which you may recall, was looking at questions of whether or not his contacts during the 2016 election with WikiLeaks and the Russians at the Russian meeting in Trump Tower offering dirt on Hillary Clinton 
amounted to campaign finance violations. Don Jr. was never interviewed by Mueller's office, and he was never charged. That seems like a stretch to me to prosecute him for that. What about Jared? Well, we don't know what's a stretch or not. So we're thinking about all the things that could be in Trump's mind. But yeah, Jared, his thing is he omitted several significant contacts with foreigners when he filled out his form for the White House security clearance. Everybody who works in the White House has to get a clearance. Depending on what you do, you get a higher clearance or not. And he failed to mention those same Russians who were peddling the information on Hillary during the campaign. So uh, under federal law, it's a crime to provide inaccurate or incomplete information on these background check documents for clearances. And the reason why is if you omit them, then it's not clear that what you know might jeopardize national security. You might be the kind of person who leaks things to other people, to other governments. That's why that's a crime. So in 2018, the White House Counsel and and the Chief of Staff both recommended, and we reported on this in the Children's Hour, (laughs) that Jared not be given the kind of high-level top security clearance his position in the White House might be thought to deserve because of issues that had been discovered during the background check and because of the omissions on the statements. Nonetheless, Papa Trump unilaterally gave Jared top security clearance, and he has had that now uh, and until now, still has it. So again, this seems to me like a kind of a borderline thing, prosecute him despite the fact that he got the security clearance anyway. But what are the crimes of Ivanka? Ivanka actually has some things people are asking her about, right? She was questioned for more than five hours by investigators from the Washington, D.C. Attorney General's office. Attorney General's office has accused President Trump's inaugural committee of wasting donated money on an overpriced ballroom at the president's D.C. hotel. The office revealed that it had taken Ivanka's deposition earlier in the week. And then Ivanka tweeted that, that they had questioned the rates charged by the, this is a quote, question the rates charged by the Trump Hotel at the inauguration in 2017. And then, like, as if Twitter were a court of law, she posted a letter that she'd sent, that she said she sent to Trump Hotel executives in December 2016, when she was still an executive at her father's company. In that email that she posted on Twitter, she told executives at Trump, why don't you call and negotiate about the price for the Trump inaugural committee. Um, And then the other quote from that letter that she posted is, it should be a fair market rate. So it seems like she has written evidence, documents that show that she is not guilty of trying to get the inaugural committee to overpay for, for this. She has it in writing, right? Okay. She, I mean, it reminds me of when Schwarzenegger was running for governor and he was accused of assaulting women in elevators. And he said, yes, I, would, uh, I, I will be investigating myself on this when I become governor. <laughs> Which, by the way, one, he never did. But two, you don't investigate yourself. So she may have put this down in writing. But that it's a meaningless piece of so-called evidence, although I'm sure Trump world accepted it as a brilliant uh, statement of her innocence. There's nothing that says that she was really negotiating a fair market rate just because she said she was negotiating a fair market rate. Has anyone ever heard of lying? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And then we all know in the modern digital world, if you say call, when you the minute you say use the telephone, that's because you don't want a paper trail. So the whole thing to me, it, it almost sounds like she later added it should be a fair market rate because so, why don't why don't you call and negotiate? Come on. I'm not sure exactly what the crime is here. Wasting money? That's not against the law, is it? The problem with this whole thing is that um, the prices paid to the Trump hotel were excessive and Washington DC law requires nonprofits to quote, use funds for stated public purposes and to avoid unreasonable, wasteful expenses. So prosecutors are saying that the presidential committee, inaugural committee willfully used the nonprofit funds uh, to enrich the Trump family. Uh, They broke the law. That would be a crime. Information we have about potential federal violations by the Trump kids. What do we know about the crimes of Ivanka that Trump cannot pardon her for? I mean, it's interesting to me because I feel that these crimes are much more serious crimes, the crimes uh, committed in the state of New York. And that is the, well, they're all the income tax avoidance schemes undertaken by the Trump organization. But one of those involves these questionable deductions uh, for what are called consulting fees in the documents that were paid to Ivanka and other individuals and businesses. Um, So the Vance investigation is a criminal investigation and the state investigation by Attorney General James is a civil investigation. Uh, The New York Times has said uh, that the two investigations are being conducted independently, but they do overlap. Uh, There are new subpoenas coming down in each of them. And how much money? How much money are we talking about here paid to Ivanka for her consulting? Yeah, for consulting. And it's very weird. Most people who are employed by a company don't consult for that company. That's you work for the company. You don't consult for it. Nonetheless, the um, it's 26 million total in these unexplained consulting fees. But among those 26 million is the not inconsiderable 747,622,000 paid to an unidentified individual who seems to be Ivanka because it's exactly a match to the income she listed as a consulting fee on the 2017 financial disclosure forms she filed when she joined the White House staff. So your suggestion is that the Trump organization's payment of $748,000 to Ivanka was not correct, not justified, not legal? Not legal. Look, Ivanka's an employee of the Trump Organization at that time, and she's being a a consultant for the Trump Organization. You can't be hired as an outsider when you're already employed as an insider. Somebody's taking a write-off criminally there. The CNN's legal analyst, Ellie Honig, who worked for eight years as an assistant U.S. attorney prosecuting white-collar crimes, he described... Ivanka's predicament very bluntly in a November 20th on-air interview. He said, I used to do mafia cases. This is exactly what they would do. If they wanted to take money out of a company and put it in the pocket of an individual, they would say, we'll just call it a consulting fee. That does not make it okay on its own. The question is, did Ivanka Trump 
actually give consulting services worth $748,000. I mean, think about that. And I would just add, and to her own firm. So this was a big story uh, when it came out. What does Ivanka say about it? Well, Ivanka's Ivanka. She's smart and she understands tactics uh, that she learned on her father's knee. Um, one might say literally. <laughs> she, she tweeted, this is harassment pure and simple. This inquiry by NYC Democrats is 100% motivated by politics, publicity, and rage. They know very well that there's nothing here and that there was no tax benefit whatsoever. These politicians are simply ruthless. Now, you said it was smart of her to uh, send out this tweet. Is that is that really good legal advice? Well, I take issue, John. I didn't say it, this was a smart tweet. I said she's a smart person and she okay. is always directing her image projection at people who support her. So that's what this is about. But I do think it's not usually such a great idea, whether you're doing it on television or on social media or in the actual world, if you're a potential suspect, you should not probably directly attack the investigators. <laughs> the better course is to let your lawyers do the talking. But, you know, Trumps don't always let the lawyers do the talking. It's our duty as responsible journalists to remind our listeners that Ivanka has not been formally accused of committing a crime, nor has her husband or her brothers nor have any of them uh, officially been named as the target of any investigation. And, of course, even if she is eventually indicted, everyone, including Ivanka, is presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. But, of course, if Ivanka really is facing indictment, there's different ways she could handle this, right? Yeah. I mean, one could argue that she might sit down and think about whether her legal interests and those of her father have diverged to a point where it might be better for her to cooperate with the authorities, fess up, and turn state's evidence. But do we really think Ivanka's going to do that? And then, if she's pardoned <laughs> for her federal crime, she might not have to if she has any. But he can't pardon her for the New York things. And the New York people, I think, are going to continue their um, pursuit of these charges because these are real legal charges. This is not a really about politics. It's about, um, it, it may have started because the New York officials began to look into Trump affairs, but I think they had already been looking into the Trump organization even before Trump became president. It was always an organization in semi-trouble with the law. And now they're looking into it very seriously, and I think this will continue on. And if Ivanka turns state evidence, I will seriously lie down and do another children's hour uh, during the Biden administration. Amy Willens, our Ivanka Watch reporter. Amy, thank you for today's report. Thank you, John. One more thing. We've got a special deal on subscriptions to The Nation just for our listeners. For more progressive journalism and to support our show, please subscribe online. You can save over $30 a year on a digital subscription to the magazine and get unlimited digital access for just $14.95. 
to subscribe, visit thenation.com slash podcast subscribe. That's thenation.com slash podcast subscribe, one word. Again, this deal is only available to podcast listeners. So if you're enjoying the show, please become a subscriber. Start Making Sense, a podcast from The Nation magazine, is co-produced by the L.A. Review of Books and recorded in Los Angeles at our Blythe Avenue studios. Our audio engineer is William Broughton. Alan Minsky is our senior producer. Frank Reynolds is our executive producer. Annie Shields is The Nation's engagement editor. D.D. Guttenplan is editor of The Nation. Katrina Vanden Heuvel is publisher and editorial director of The Nation. Our theme music is from Barcelona Afrobeat, licensed by Creative Commons. You can find out more about Start Making Sense at thenation.com. You can subscribe to Start Making Sense wherever you get your podcasts, at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Pocket Casts. I'm John Wiener. Tune in to Start Making Sense next week for more political talk without the boring parts. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.